Hello, this is Jason from Binge Movies, and you are getting ready to listen to a 20th anniversary retrospective for the 2001 Tom Cruise film, Vanilla Sky. Now, I had Rosa from Latinx Reviews, among many other things, on to talk about this film, and the conversation went really well. Uh, we had a lot of laughs and a lot of fun, and we were able to leave most of it in but uh, some things we had to edit because it was too hot even for a podcast. The only problem we had was that technology was not on our side this time. And so despite everything we both tried, uh, there's some audio issues with this particular podcast. I've tried to clean it up as best as I can, but I think the content is there to release the conversation even with its audio issues. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and I look forward to uh, hearing uh, from you to tell me how great this episode is. So, enjoy the show. I want your present when I open it up. I already know what's inside. David Ames' perfect life. When will you call me? Soon! Is about to become. What do I owe this pleasure? The pleasure of Sophia. When did you stop caring, David? A nightmare. You've been charged with murder. Julie is alive. Someone did this to me. Now, his search for the truth. How much did they pay you? He's going to take him farther than he ever imagined. Vanilla Sky, rated R, starts Friday. December 10th, 2001. A movie came out and made over $100 million. And now, 20 years later, nobody gives a shit. Even though it stars Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz. Cameron Diaz, Kurt Russell, Jason Lee, Noah Taylor, Tilda Swinton, Timothy Spall, Michael Shannon, and the guy from the Big Bang Theory and Roseanne, Johnny Galecki. I figured it was time to dust off your DVD copy of Cameron Crowe's Vanilla Sky. And I couldn't think of anyone better than someone who tens of thousands of people follow on Twitter. Of course, I'm talking about Rosa from Latinx Lens and many, many other places. If you've got a copy of the In the Heights Blu-ray, flip that some bitch on its back and look at the full quote on there. And that is my guest, the potentially uh, the, the, the blue chipper, the hottest free agent in all the film criticism. Is that you? Are you there? my god present <laughs> are you the number one draft pick in the los, An- los angeles area in los angeles oh man oh, i highly doubt it uh, i'm very surrounded by a lot of talented film critics i've been doing this for far longer than i have but you know what i'm not doing so bad so i i, I do have to give myself some props for <laughs> what i've accomplished you should give yourself some props your family should give you props. I will give you props. I'm buying stock. I'm all in. You, uh, you're legit. You're the real deal. So let's just jump in this movie. Let's show the people of uh, binge movies or binge lords. Let's show them your chops. Let, let's 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 let you dance a little bit, huh? Let's let you move. Let's let you groove. Let's let you talk about Tom Cruise. I know that you're living to talk about Tom Cruise. I know I am. <laughs> um. Well, before we get to Tom Cruise, I know for a fact that you had never seen this movie before until I slid into your DMs and said, hey, the 20th anniversary of Vanilla Sky is coming out. It's a movie, I say uh, semi-facetiously, but it has no cultural imprint whatsoever. And uh, let's talk about it because um, 
That's what we do here. We dig up, uh, we dig up movies yeah. uh, that nobody gives a shit about, and we try to find something good about them very often. And uh, so we have dug this movie up. And what are your general impressions about the film now, 20, 20 years later? Do you think it plays in 2021, or do you think it's uh, hopelessly dated? Mm, good question. I think it, it oddly and weirdly um, plays to both of them. It, I think it, it, it certainly lives up in terms of the premise and in terms of the uh, thrilling and kind of um, fantastical elements it has to it. However, <laughs> some of the dialogue and the storyline in general, which the storyline has a little bit of both. Uh, some of it does still uh, uh, live up to, it, it holds up quite fine actually. Um, but some other things I don't, I don't think they does. A, a lot of the dialogue, particularly how <laughs> the women are depicted here. Okay, um, all right. That's where I wanted to go. Let's, let's go. <laughs> let's talk cruises. Let's start with the superior cruise. Let's talk yeah. about Penelope Cruz, who is replacing yes. her role from the original version of this film, a Spanish-speaking film called Abre los Ojos, and she's in that film playing the Sofia character. Uh, in this movie, is she as Sofia? Is Sofia a character, or is she a uh, manic? Uh, <laughs> manic white fantasy <laughs> interesting um i think she is a character uh mm. but uh, however the character of sophia is a character the person playing it though i don't know if so much so which kind of le mm. leads me to 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 the Okay, those this little those little twists and turns. I mean, it's a twenty year old film, so I don't feel that's bad if I spoil it. Oh, and no, again, we, it's a remake. <laughs> yeah, we it's a remake. It's twenty years right. old, and we just spoil everything. That's what mm -hmm. we're doing here. So spoil away, okay. cuss okay, away, perfect. Spoil away. <laughs> say the filthiest words that you want to no. say. <laughs> it's fine because we're, we're going to talk about Cameron Diaz, and there's no way of getting around some filth. Uh. So let's. <laughs> Yeah, wow. <laughs> we're going next to her. So let's yes. let's go for it. You 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 have you have carte blanche here. You have a blank check. You could do whatever you want. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I do have to say this was my first time watching it. I have heard of it, and I did not have any inkling to watching it until you offered me the invite. I'm like, you know what? This will be a perfect. Um, excuse to go out of my way and see the movie i didn't even know it was a remake until you posted that tweet and then far <laughs> less was i aware that uh, penelope cruz was reprising the same exact role which yeah. makes me wonder if if the if there's if the acting is any different or if she's exactly the same in both films because i haven't seen the original one i didn't even know it existed i have seen the original and mm -hmm. and uh, i will say that i think if you see the sophia character in the original film She's mm -hmm. a much more, she's still kind of a manic pixie dream girl. And we'll get to that dream girl part because that is, right. that is part of the plot, right? Like part of the yeah. plot is at a certain point in the movie, she is literally a dream girl. It's not the real Sophia anymore. It is right. his imagined, um, amalgam, like his imagined fantasy life that he could have had with her that then becomes a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So, but before that, in before that break in both films, and it happens at the light post, and he's drunk, and he says some shit he shouldn't say, and he's thinking his friend who 
that was actually his friend's date is actually going to go track her down and maybe hook up with her. And then he gets drunk and passes out. Then he wakes up. And then from that point forward in both films, we're in a dream world or what could potentially be a dream world. Both movies end with a little bit of ambiguity. Um, And they both end with her voice at the end saying, open your eyes. I would say if you see the original film, it's a much more complex character. It's a much more involved character. And also, I think there's something about potentially, potentially about being more in your native language and, yeah. and being on a crew of people. You know, it's, it's a Spanish speaking film from a Spanish speaking director about, um, you know, characters in a particular context. Mm-hmm. It gets translated into the U.S. and. It's stripped of all of that, obviously, because Tom Cruise (laughs) doesn't, you know, is not of any Latinx descent or whatever. And um, so they they strip all that out of it. It's not about, uh, I think the original, if I'm not mistaken, uh, maybe takes place in Mexico City or some sort of tourist location rather than being like a magazine, which that's dated very poorly. Rather than being like a billionaire off of magazines, he is he's an inherited. um, like a restaurant or he's like a restaurateur and a hotel. Mm -hmm. And so he works in hospitality, right? He owns it. He owns this really elaborate, nice hotel and gourmet restaurants. And he's like, you know, that's where he's made his money or he's inherited it. And he's kind of a hotshot and his, his business partners in this movie, they're called the seven dwarves. They're not called that this movie In this movie uh, in the, the original film, his, his partners are trying to get him out of the business for the exact same reason, right? He's doing Coke and he's partying and it's a, it's a little, he's a little bit younger than Tom Cruise is. And so he's a little bit more, more of a bad boy, kind of like a sex addict. Like he's got more rough edges. And then, so when he meets Sophia, she's like a kind of into it, but kind of not and a little bit more artsy. She's a mime in the original film. Oh, <laughs> she's okay. a street street performer. And she's doing, wants to be an actress and she's doing mime work. And so we spend more time with a therapist. We spend more time uh, with uh, everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the, the only character who's kind of the same is the Cameron Diaz is playing uh, Gianna or something like that. And I think it's Nora or or something like that in the original film. They're a little bit different. Uh, Cameron Diaz is, they're both crazy but Cameron Diaz is playing more of that like Hollywood stereotype, crazy woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. More of the, uh, fail attraction kind of character. And the other characters just kind of more sad and desperate Mm -hmm. and like, like seems a little bit more, she's unhinged, but more, maybe a little bit more realistically unhinged. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think in contrast, you're like, this is almost a muted performance. And even though in many cases, she's saying the exact same dialogue. It's sometimes positioned differently or she's responding to it differently than she did. And so when you watch her two performances back to back, you do see the differences and she mm-hmm. feels like less of a character in the Cameron Crowe version than she does in the original film. I guess, you know, having not anything to compare it to mm-hmm. when having not seen the original, uh, this character worked for you in this movie, it sounds like. Yeah, 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 she did. The the characters worked for me. Um, well, for the purpose that they serve, that is. Right. Uh, however, yeah, I did have. And, and that's another thing that I've come to 
try to embrace and try to uh, wholeheartedly uh, be more conscious about and is try to come into movies especially when you're watching older films mm. um and like we're, we're talking about this one it's going to be almost 20 years old but even going way back to movies from the 20s and the 30s or the 50s and the 60s mm. trying to modify my lens and not be so critical in terms of depicting uh, the, the depiction of women and how they 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 are being utilized in, in these films and and so on and so forth and this one <laughs> the, the, particularly with the Cameron Diaz I think the Cameron Diaz character is the one that although <laughs> and that's the thing at the end I'm <laughs> just like, go for uh, it <laughs> what in the world is this um, but I think the way that she was being depicted, it was just very, she was depicted at this, like, this object that that, that you can yeah. just utilize literally, physically and sexually, but also utilize her as a punching bag as the person to uh, blame all your problems on. And, right. And I was, it, it was bothersome, but considering it's late, what, 90s or early 2000s, it's not new, I guess. It, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, <laughs> shattering in terms of a female depiction in, in terms of movie. So in that sense, if I would have probably seen this movie, let's say probably a year ago, I would probably be cursing and upset. <laughs> to my, my brains would be like very upset and just going all out on the film for what they did to that character. But well, let's I okay. Guess, so let, let's address. I guess it, right? I've grown a little. Uh, well, that's good. We all need to grow. Uh, let's let's address it, right? Let's address. Yeah. Let's just let's just cover it. So, the the basic premise of Vanilla Sky, and there's nothing basic about it, but is Tom Cruise is a wealthy magazine billionaire, right? He's inherited this media empire, and he is this uh, almost like a going back to the early 2000s, almost like a Richard Branson. They're not quite like an Elon Musk. He's definitely cut from the cloth of a 90s idea of a billionaire or early yeah. 2000s. You know, he's a jet setting. Uh, honestly, who he reminded me the most of uh, is Tony Stark from the Marvel movies. Yeah, 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 I can see that. He Just imagine that, right? He's got, he's in the rock music. because I think that's one of his magazines. It's, it's basically Rolling Stone, but it's not Rolling Stone. And which also makes sense with Cameron Crowe's background as being a, a rock reporter and almost famous and all that sort of stuff. So he's put a lot of himself into the character here and the, the pop culture references, the, the music references. It's a lot of like, there's a lot of Cameron Crowe in this Cameron Crowe movie. And he's like a Tony Stark sort of figure. And he uh, has this uh, friend with benefits, right? And, and this this woman who he's not really interested in. In fact, she kind of creeps him out, but they have sex. They hook up uh, mm -hmm. semi-regularly, but he has no interest in her as a person. He doesn't know her last name, I don't think. He definitely doesn't know where she lives, um, knows nothing about her. Um, we're not even really sure. I don't even really know how we know if they, how they met, but they, whatever. So anyways, yeah, she's obviously like very into him. And seems to be building this unrequited it's not quite love but more obsession with him and he has no interest really in her beyond sex he is using her she is an object i think yeah. the again the original film makes that more of a point that he's this lothario he's a playboy he uses women 
And so his disfigurement and his guilt and everything that comes in the movie is, he's, you know, in the original film, he's, he's kind of a shitty guy, right? He's charming, he's handsome, but he's kind of shitty. This is a movie that doesn't really want to go there with crew, Tom Cruise. Like, they kind of play it off as he's kind of shitty, but he's just more, he's like, again, like a Tony Stark where it's like, eh, he's an asshole, but he's a lovable asshole. He's right. our asshole. He's, you know, eh, he's had a rough life. His parents, his dad didn't love him or what, you know, they, they give us more of a background to him, almost like a Citizen Kane, right? They give us more of a background into mm-hmm. his childhood and his life. Yeah. And we get the whole montage and all that sort of stuff. So he's having a big birthday party. One of his only true friends who yeah. here is, uh, played by oh god what's his name jason jason lee so uh, that that character exists in the film uh, the original and he brings a date he meets this girl at a library and he brings a date and she is this artsy quirky completely from a different world than these billionaires and literary agents and authors and celebrities and steven spielberg has a cameo as himself in the birthday scene and um, all this, she's like completely out of her own element, but she's also not intimidated by any of it and kind of doesn't give a shit. And that is what makes her, this is Sophia. We're talking about Penelope Cruz. That's what makes her so attractive. I think Tom Cruise's character. And he also uses her to kind of try to drive a wedge between him and Cameron Diaz, who shows up to this party uninvited tries to seduce him in the a bedroom when no one's around. And it's like, you may love to me four times. That's not just a hookup. That's, that's something else. And then there's this really weird scene where he keeps asking her like, well, what, what do you mean four times? What does, what does four times mean? What does four times mean, Julie? What does four times mean? Juliana, what does four times mean? And she won't answer. She won't answer. She won't answer. So he kind of screws over his best friend. Right. And he, takes this girl that he's really interested in and charms her and they spend the night together. He leaves his own party, goes and spends the night with Sophia. They don't sleep together because the movie wants us to believe that they have some kind of real connection. This is potentially real love. Mm -hmm. The the next morning, uh, Cameron Diaz shows up, uh, I think in his car and is going to drive him to work or back to his apartment or whatever. Because she tracked him down and waited all night outside of Sophia's apartment. Which, by the way, just men, women, Rose, I'm sure you could testify to this. If you are, have a stalker, maybe stop having sex with him. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're going to continue sleeping with them, if you stay somewhere else and they show up, which means they were in your vehicle, presumably, or is somewhere. All night, just waiting for you to come out. Don't get into a moving vehicle with them. Don't get alone with them because they're going to murder you. Like, isn't it fairly obvious that she's going to kill him, Rosa? (laughs) I was wondering, why the fuck did he get in the car? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why would you get in that car? She's crazy. Right. She's movie crazy. Not normal crazy. Right. movie crazy to the yeah. point that she has a line when she's in the car she says these two things almost at the same time she's like i oh god pardon my language here rosa she's like i do you understand how hard it is to pretend to be your buddy 
David, I love you. I fucking love you. I fucking love you! Fuck! Hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't do this. You fucked me four times the other night, David. You've been inside me. Julie. I swallowed your cum. That means something. Mm-hmm. And, and then he's like, what? And she's like, do you believe in God? If anybody is talking to you, asking you, telling you about uh, what they've done with your, with your ejaculate, and then yeah. rapidly switching to, do you believe in God? You're about to die. Like, they're like, that's never a normal conversation, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly where I was. Okay, they're doing this woman wrong. But I guess. <laughs> yeah, so like, we have to dive into it. That's yes. probably some of the dialogue that rubbed you the wrong way, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what about it was like, what, what about that scene? Honestly, it was so over the top. It almost came off unintentionally was- comedic. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was unnecessary. She could have said something else. Why do you have to say exactly that? I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> is, is it something about <laughs> the body fluids that I don't know? It, it, what is it about it? Is it significant? The fact that you swallowed it? it it's, <laughs> like, what is it about it? Like, do you want an Oscar for that? Or, or I mean, <laughs> the, 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 I think that was like supposed to be the way she d- delivered that line. If we could talk about her performance for a second is very much like um, fatal attraction where she's like, I won't be ignored, David. It was very much of the same. So it did kind of feel like she was going for an Oscar moment, but the dialogue is like so infantile. It's so immature. Exactly. That I'm, I, I, I'm not sure whether or not it's, this is a infantile man writing for a woman, like, you know, the, the subreddit, right? Like man writes woman or whatever. Yeah. Or, or if this were, is it is intentionally to show you um, how unstable she is because um, that she's finding significance in this thing that let's be honest, people are doing every day around the world and not thinking mm-hmm. twice about it. Right. Like it's not right. that big of a deal. <laughs> It's yeah. not a proposal, right? Like, yeah. right. so I think we're supposed to be like, oh, you know, part of my language. But I think the in 2001, I think we're supposed to be going, oh, this bitch is crazy, right? Like that's, but we already know that. Mm-hmm. So I think her just trying to commit a murder suicide is enough to drive home the point that she's crazy. Exactly. The fact that she was there that morning yes. in that car yes, and the fact that she's just maniacally driving um, and not giving and zero shit. Yeah. About <laughs> there's red lights. So you have to stop. She's about to crash. That tells me enough. Yeah. Verbalize these, yeah. <laughs> these things. Um, and uh, I, I honestly, I, I uh, once again, I watched these back back to back, right? So I revisited this because I've, I've seen Vanilla Sky a few times, yeah, but not a long time. And I watched the original for the first time, and it's played similar, but also like the mood is just completely different, right? She's driving through town, and she's like taking him home or something, and it's she's not. He's he goes out to get in his car, 
And the, the whole setup is he's like some kind of a sex addict, right? And mm-hmm. so he keeps using people to feed this addiction of his. And he's just, again, a piece of shit. So he's leaves Sophia's apartment. Mm-hmm. He's in getting in his car. She shows up in her car and is like, um, basically, like, you're still drunk. You shouldn't drive. Because he'd been drinking all night. And it's like early in the morning. And he's like, ah, oh, it's fine. Like, I'll, I, like, I'll just go slow or something. She's like, no, 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 you're still drunk. And anyways, um, after our fight last night or whatever, it turned me on. And don't you want to get laid or something to that equivalent? And we see him kind of like realize it's a bad idea, but his addiction leads him to go with her. And then when she breaks down, she's not breaking down like Cameron Diaz, who, like you said, is like maniacally driving and laughing hysterically and talking about all kind of crazy shit. And is uh, truly, it's almost like something out of like Charlie's Angels, the way she's acting. Like it's like it's like, like a weird comedy to it. That's it's played more for sadness because she's like you. You said I was nothing to you but a fuck buddy. Like that's what you do. You use women. And again, it's more of an incrimination on this guy's character. And I think especially for Cruz and especially in this era of his career mm-hmm. where um, he has to pretend that he's younger than he is. He has to pretend that he's taller than he is, even though we all know he's 4'11", even though we all know he's 75,000 years old. I don't think he was willing to be the bad guy in the movie. Yeah, there's, you, need there's to, no... you need to find a way to empathize with him. No yeah, matter because, what he does. Yes, because David Ames in this in this movie, as David Ames is presented, is not a bad enough person. He's done nothing wrong to the extent where he like nobody does. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. nothing has happened in this movie that would lead us to believe that this woman would drive a car <laughs> off a bridge and kill herself in him. Yeah. Because it's not, it doesn't seem like this movie's willing to make. Cruz be the bad guy right right and so you're just like oh that like it would feel like it was coming almost out of nowhere so what we have to do is to the disservice of the Juliana the Cameron Diaz character we have to make her really insane and say lewd insane thing and uh, you know I it's it's strange it's it, it it almost seems like it was written in a way just to kind of by for by force of nature of trying to protect Tom Cruise's image, Tom Cruise, yeah. yeah, and so it's like yeah. this this female character who's kind of a tragic character in the original just becomes really like a comedy, and it gets darker as the movie goes on. But mm-hmm. it just it's just it, that whole scene plays very strange, and especially with where the rest of the movie goes, it just it just kind of doesn't fit, right? It's unfortunate because, I mean, it, it's written by a man. And, and, and this is where, <laughs> <laughs> and this is where, I mean, probably a year ago, I would have, again, would have been flipping out and would have been like, why are men still uh, reinforcing these images on women? And, and why is it so, and, and it's unfortunate too, because the viewer, sadly, is probably more likely um, it's going to be much easier uh, for them to judge and, and, and in a way like criminalize uh, a Cameron Diaz character than you mm. are a Tom Cruise one, because sadly women are much more easy, like easier to judge and, and, and to 
give them that lens. And of course, when you write someone, uh, this character this way, it's far more easier to do it. And no matter how much of a douchebag uh, Tom Cruise is, no matter what he does, because you do have this crazy woman in a way um, catalyzing all these events. And again, in his mind, it's okay for him to be who he is. And, and in a way it justifies his actions in a weird Right. Sort of a, a, right. Uh, and which kind of leads to what you were just saying right now. You have to find a way to not make him be the bad person. And yep. it's, where, it's where I, I think I think the more interesting movie is, is, OK, he's Tom Cruise. He's rich. He's handsome by most accounts. Right. He's a conventionally handsome guy. He's Tom Cruise right on screen. Yeah. He is this guy. And I think it's it's more interesting to play it the way the original film did, which is all that's true about him. And he's also kind of scummy. He's also, there's something broken about him before the disfigurement because the disfigurement is just a kind of a metaphor. It's a visual metaphor for his character. It's like he was ugly on the inside the whole time, really empty and kind of ugly, not yeah. irredeemable, but right. flawed. And now with the perfect face, and now those flaws are on the outside. And he's now that you take away his some of his wealth or at the very least you take away his beauty and his charm mm -hmm. and his like uh free will and let's all party you take that away and you make him sad and broken and ugly on the outside now he becomes a pariah nobody wants to be around him in the original film including sophia she rejects him because now all he has is this like he, he didn't have any real relationships everything was superficial everything was about the party Everything was about his, how good looking he was. So that then through this process of this nightmare uh, of believing that he's murdered people and all the stuff that he goes through, yeah. that when he comes, that the end is like a catharsis where he's confronted with the reason why it's become a nightmare is because I feel guilty for what I did in real life to Juliana. And I don't want to live in a dream world anymore. I want to live in the real world. I want to wake up. So all of that is a metaphor really for what his life was, right? Like his life of wealth and being able to control people and manipulate people and use people and all that sort of stuff was, that was also a dream world. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, what happens in the second half with the extended life and he's in cryo sleep and he's, basically like in a kind of virtual reality and he, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. It also, it plays around with the psychology of, uh, in the original film, the psychiatrist, the angle there is, yeah, they think that he murdered Sophia and there is the, the actress swap, just like in this mm -hmm. movie. But mm -hmm. the added wrinkle is the psychiatrist is trying to convince him that under the mask, his face is fine, that he got reconstructive surgery and he's not disfigured and he doesn't need to wear this mask anymore. And so he's so like, you just think that he's crazy. You think that he's lost his mind out of guilt because of what he's done and what it's cost him and all this sort of stuff and the loss of Sophia. And so I, I think what they've done here with this American film is again, I think it all comes down to the, to the David Ames character. I think they've made him, They've made him less complex mm -hmm. and they've put and less flawed and they've made the kind of science fantasy surrealness pop culture meta context of the movie 
they've made that the the complex complex part of the of the film. So I think we have less complicated characters, but in a weird way, a more complicated plot or a more a more high concept idea yeah. for a movie, which is yeah. kind of unfortunately, then the characters, all of them, just kind of exist to serve the style. Does, does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense, um, and I think that's one of the why so well um you can kill me as one of them i'm just talking for myself why every time i hear of a hollywood remake the first thing i do is roll my eyes because Mm. a lot of these characters in a way in a sense you do have um or i do i have this uh, this feeling that they're just gonna ruin (laughs) the, 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 the remake Right. Very rare do you have a remake, a Hollywood remake that is yeah. far superior than the original. Why? Because all these Hollywood uh, conventions of, of characters, yeah. they are so one dimensional and, and they take all the complexity from the original films that it's just like not that long ago, it was announced that they were going to make a remake of Another Round, which was the Danish film that was like Oscar nominated. Right. Right. I was like, why would you do this? Um, I think it's starring Leonardo DiCaprio of all people. Um, oh boy! <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, you don't have to do this. Just yeah. leave the film. Let be the leave film. Leave it alone. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why do you have to remake it? And and I think this certainly suffers based on what you're telling me. I haven't seen the original, but like you were just saying, taking away the complexity from the characters. And why is Hollywood so obsessed with the idea of having these black and white characters, and that's it? Uh, why not have these characters be different shades of gray? And whatever character you do have um, that's a shade of gray, it just happens to be just an imaginary one. <laughs> so that's, that's a great point, right? It, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. frustrating. It's so frustrating, which is why I've been more inclined to watching more international movies. But we'll, we'll leave that for another. Well, I think that I think to your <laughs> point, though, I think you're right. I think international movies seem to be. I just more comfortable with complex characters. They seem to be more comfortable with like complex genres. They match up genres that you wouldn't necessarily think would go together, you know? And so, and they let like, uh, 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 like, uh, um, what I'm thinking of is, uh, Baccarat. Like what genre is that movie? You know what I mean? It's like kind of a horror movie, kind of sci-fi, kind of exploitation, kind of comedy, kind of an intentional B-movie. B-movie, yes. (laughs) It's like funny and ghastly and sad and all the while making a very specific, powerful, local political commentary, but also a global political commentary. Yes. And it's all of those things, right? Like it's in there, they other cultures and other nations and artists from those countries. And I mean, even like the Brits, right? Like other, other predominantly white cultures mm-hmm. seem to be able to do this better than us, where we have a really hard time. It tends to be that when we try to mix our genres, they just end up, we just end up making a mess. Yeah. And when we make complex characters, we don't do it that well. Like you said, it ends up being imaginary or like we, we, we somehow have to like write it all off and write it all away. Yeah. And it, it takes the stakes out of a movie. It takes, it takes the personality out, out of the film. Um, I don't get it either. It's like, we just water it down 
mm-hmm. and so it doesn't really mean anything. And it's like at a certain point, it's like, especially in today's day and age. Okay, in 2001, I kind of understand remaking a smaller independent Spanish language film, right? Because it wasn't going to get widespread dis- distribution. And we did not live in a world where like people were consuming most of their media through the internet. Yeah. With the invention of the, 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 the rise of the internet now and subtitles. <laughs> yes. There's absolutely no reason why I understand that a lot of these movies may not necessarily be getting wide release in theaters and they wouldn't necessarily do that well in wide release, but you can watch another round on freaking Amazon. So why yeah. make another one? Exactly. Like, I, like, I don't want to like make an excuse, but you also, you do have to look at the context of 2001 with vanilla sky. Like, Hey, we like this idea. We like this concept. We kind of want to put our own spin on it and take this, you know, and put a bunch of Hollywood celebrities and Penelope Cruz is now breaking into American film. We'll just get her back. And like, we're just, we're going to make a movie out of this like kind of smart script and, and like not make it as much of a thriller, but make it more of whatever this is fantasy romance with some thriller aspect not we're like it's not going to be as dark we're going to hollywoodize it i guess that kind of makes sense because there's a good like there's a there's a lot of people that don't even know that vanilla sky is a remake because of the era because the remake the original film was from 1997 and this movie was from 2001 that's a lifetime ago right yeah but in today's world where we're globally connected more than we've ever been it really seems unnecessary Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, as frustrating as <laughs> this always gets me, but at the end of the day, Hollywood is is a business, and and having people like your your, your Tom Cruise and your um, Penelope Cruz and and Cameron Diaz and movies like this, they made money. Um, yeah. And, oh yeah. This and, this, and this movie studio, made out hundreds of millions hundred, of dollars. Yeah. yeah. And I guess at the end of the day, that's what counts for the studio. They, <laughs> they got their money back and yeah, that's yeah. all they care about. Um, but I understand why it was remade. Um, but yeah, it, it can be frustrating because a lot of these characters, the premise and the dialogue and everything does suffer, um, yeah. I guess, to appeal to a certain uh, demographic, to a certain, a certain movie going audience. And uh, I mean, it's not a bad film. I did not hate it. Uh, I understand um, why why what, it was made and uh-huh. what what do you think of the end? Because the movie gets more and more surreal, right? At a certain it does. Point, at a certain point, he thinks he's he thinks he's you know disfigured in this accident, mm-hmm. and then he thinks that he's had reconstructive surgery and he's fine. And but then every time he looks into a mirror, he sees himself disfigured again, and he doesn't know what to do with himself, and he is happily ever after living with Sophia, but Sophia is starting to look like Juliana, but nobody, but people are telling him that basically people are telling him that Cameron Diaz is Sophia and has been Sophia the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. And it gets crazier and crazier from there. And he has vague flashbacks of signing a contract. He takes his court appointed uh, uh, psychiatrist to this office place where Tilda Swinton basically informs him that they're the business and the contract he signed is for cryostasis, right? That if you have some kind of terminal illness or something that modern medicine can't fix, mm-hmm. you can 
free, you can die and, and they'll collect your body and they'll freeze you. And they'll reanimate you in the future uh, where, where suddenly cancer or disfigurement or paralysis or whatever it is you may be suffering from is now fixable. It's now curable or, or there's a surgery for it or something, right? Like you can mm-hmm. live in health in the future and you, and then in between you're going to, you get to pick what age and what memories you want to live in and you'll live almost like total recall, right? You'll live in this dream world of your own control, not really aware that you're actually asleep and, uh, or dead for lack of yeah. a better term, right? It's kind of an artificial afterlife, an artificial heaven. And he starts freaking out because his subconscious starts rejecting the whole thing. Uh, again, that loses all of its meaning because the reason why he's rejecting it is guilt. But Tom yeah. Cruise doesn't really have anything to feel guilty about. <laughs> exactly. You're like, exactly. you're not really sure why he's not accepting this dreamland, but he's not. And it's all revealed. And at the end, he, he, his, his one fear that the movie sets up as heights, which does come from the original. Uh, it's, it's also set up much better in the original. And to overcome it, he has to commit suicide, which they play that less as suicide because there's Monet skies and mm-hmm. everything's all, everything's all kind of sci-fi around him. Right. And the original film, it's not really like that. He's just on top of a building and the doctor is like, you're going to kill yourself if you jump off that building. And so it's more am, 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 uh, ambiguous as to whether or not he really is in, in hyper sleep or whether or cryo sleep mm-hmm. or whether or not he's crazy. Yeah. And, but yet at the very end, when you, when it's black and you hear her say, open your eyes, which is the original name of the film. Um, again, that's ambiguity is, is he, na- is he now in the afterlife with her? Was he, did he dream the whole thing? Is he dead? Was the science fiction twist at the very end real in this movie? It doesn't really strike me as being all that in, uh, ambiguous. I think he wrote overdosed froze himself and is now going to live in the future. So the ending of her voice saying, open your eyes doesn't quite make sense unless she also froze herself and was waiting for him in the future. I don't know. What do you make of the ending? Did it work for you? Was it confusing? She, she as a, as a Penelope Cruz or Cameron Diaz? <laughs> well, and, and that's the it? thing. It's Penelope Cruz's voice, right? Yeah, it is. But which, okay. The ending did confuse me tiny a tiny bit because yes they reveal that this whole time it was the the Cameron Diaz um character who was actually Juliana and and so on and so forth but yeah you still have the Penelope Cruz uh roaming around in this and the scenes you're yeah you're referring to so is Penelope Cruz real or not maybe in in his mind and his imagination he I guess she is but is she yeah well, the, the narration that's given to him, right, is like, you know, you met her at a party and this and that. You had a beautiful night with her. But after that night, like, the real story is you never saw her again. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, she, like, they, they just had that, like, this one night. And then after he was disfigured, they went out for drinks or whatever. And then he made an ass out of himself. Uh, very, very much like Malignant. The whole scene with him mm. on his mask backwards. I was yeah. like, did this inspire Malignant where he's like dancing <laughs> around? He's got a face on the back of his head. I was like, this is Malignant, right? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, she is. That's the hard part, right? Is she is she is a real person, but she's also a figment of his imagination because he didn't really know her. Yeah, he imagined that he could have a real life with her, and that became his afterlife. But he didn't really mm-hmm. know her. And but what are we to make of it being her voice that is potentially waking him up in the future? Well, to me, nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it made no sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most honest answer. I love that. What are we to make of that? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> done done (laughs) okay so so moving past the ending that means nothing we've got a movie that's not as good or at least it's not as complicated because i can't say it's not as good because it's got a lot bigger budget and so forth so on it's not nearly as complicated it's not nearly as dark the ending doesn't mean anything and this movie has left seemingly no cultural impression on anybody. In fact, when I tweeted about it, only one person responded and was like, I saw it 20 years ago and I wrote about it. And I haven't thought about it since. Probably because they were left the same way I was without any. <laughs> <laughs> Yet we're both saying it's not a bad movie. Yeah, no, it's not. So is it, or is what we've concluded is that it's a mediocre movie? What, what, what is it? It is a a financially successful, sadly, um, uh, sorry, I'm trying to reword this as I'm sitting here. (laughs) It's a financially successful, uh, bad remake. (laughs) Ah, so you could say it's vanilla. (laughs) Ironically, vanilla skies is vanilla. It took some complex flavor from another culture, right? With a lot of different spice and nuance and flavor and earthiness and texture and richness and mm-hmm. they just stripped it of all of its natural native taste yeah. and ingredients and made it a commercial bland vanilla imitation you did a far better job than I did. <laughs> yes <laughs> no i'm just i'm just jumping off of what you said so yeah. on its own right on its own if you were to taste it, you'd be like, that's not bad, right? It's not right. bad. No, but then not. when you, you know, when you taste the real thing, right. and you're like, I don't know what I was eating before. Exactly. Now I know what it was missing. Like it's, it, it gets the job done, but it was missing something. And I right. didn't know it until I tried the real thing. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else in 2021? Like if you're speaking to our binge lords, <laughs> maybe we've just spoiled this movie for everybody but who cares correct yeah if somebody's like i've seen it is it worth a revisit in your mind or is it like this is a one and done you don't need to revisit it's 20 years old it's mm-hmm. celebrating its 20th anniversary who gives a shit move off your life or hey there's stuff in here that you might like and might be with worthwhile what would you what would you do would you recommend it would you not recommend it and if and if you would recommend it who would you recommend it to Ooh. That's a great question. Cause other, than, other than just whites. <laughs> and vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, my God. You better delete that. <laughs> nope, that's staying in. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, wow. 
That is not good. Okay. <laughs> That's a great question. Uh huh. I'm giving you. I'm giving you a, a white pass on that. I'm a. Uh, I'm white enough. I'm giving you a pass. You get a pass. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, give you a you white know. white card. <laughs> white privilege. You. I'm extending my white privilege to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Highly appreciate it. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. So, <laughs> and it was honest. You came from a real place. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, <laughs> it's it's an interesting question because when I ended the movie, well, the ending meant nothing to me, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't feel like I wasted like two hours of my life. I was like, okay, mm. that that was good. Um, in in terms of the genre and and and, and the overall premise, yeah. Uh, so I would probably probably if you have not seen it uh, before, and if you, probably if you have not seen the original. Yeah. Um, then I would probably recommend watching this one. It's not going to be a, 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 a home run for everybody. I understand that. And probably if you're more of the sci-fi genre thriller um, aficionado per se, then yeah, probably give this a shot. But if you've seen the original one, from what I'm hearing and, and based on what you've been telling me this whole time, I probably wouldn't recommend it to them since it, it tends to be more of a, a poorly done remake and in terms of the complexity of the characters and and the narrative itself so yeah if you've never seen it probably give it a shot um i don't think it would be a bad idea uh for for female critics out there or or just women in general just keep in mind it's from 2001 um (laughs) you're you're not gonna (laughs) yeah you'll have this dialogue (laughs) that we've been talking about and following sperm and all that good stuff um and all that good stuff stuff. (laughs) Um, but i mean overall i think it's gonna depend on 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 what people's taste is like and (laughs) no pun intended um (laughs) in in movies Stuff. I think we've talked about this movie nobody cares about long enough. Why don't you tell us <laughs> where we can find you uh here at the end of 2021? What are you up to? What do you got going on? What are your socials? How can we get you to 20,000 followers? Oh my. <laughs> how can you get binge movies to 20,000? We got to get on your coattails. We got to ride you to success and fame and fortune and notoriety. Ah. <laughs> uh. You're gonna break no, down. I, you're you're gonna break down doors for white men like me. <laughs> when are we gonna? When are the whites gonna get their opportunity? Right. Uh, yeah, Angeles. it's not. It's not fair that this brown woman is doing all this. It's we not. know that you guys rule the world. We know chocolate is better than vanilla. <laughs> I'm talking about the ice cream guys. Uh huh. The ice cream. <laughs> Which I actually do love. You're, you're <laughs> fired Road up here today. I love it. You're fired up. I love it. We've ta- yeah. we've ta- we've tapped into something here. We brought something out that I love. This is good. I'm sure you were not expecting this when you invited me. Um, you point. 
I thought it was. I thought it was in there. I'm just proud that we got it out. That you got it out. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've heard you on your own podcast. I was like, oh, yeah. that's where that's where I've got to get her. You know, your 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 uh, uh, your partner in crime, cat uh, has yeah. just an absolute like deadpan kind of dry sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's very funny in that way. Like she's kind of offhandedly will say something that's pretty funny. But you're you're definitely the the uh, more animated of the pair. And I thought <laughs> if I could just position this right and get that version, you know, like the kind of relaxed version of you, and get you to kind of say what you really think, we'd be good. And we got that plus a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> So this is exactly what I was going for, and you more than delivered. Okay. So you have earned your plug. What are your social medias? Where's your letterbox? What's your website? Where can people find you? Other than Rotten Tomatoes, because you're a tomato meter certified critic. It's pretty yes. darn awesome. Yes. Um, yeah. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox at Rosas Reviews. And yeah, you can find a podcast, Latinx Lens, on every podcast platform and we're also on social media i think it's on twitter instagram uh, i think we're also on facebook i don't know facebook we're, we're, we're too youngins for that um right. we do have an account somewhere around there and a letterbox also at latinx lens so yeah we have upcoming a few episodes we just uh recorded our oscar isaac episode um, which Ooh. I highly recommend listening to. Uh, it'll be uploaded and in, 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 uh, it should be uploaded by the time this airs. Yeah. And so, yeah, that one we go all out. Um, <laughs> we, 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 I never heard Catherine out <laughs> this way. We did. Um, we each had our little water bottles, had to put ourselves down every now and then. Because, man, that man is just, whoo. Hot fire. <laughs> if, if any of your some listeners out there or have, have followed you over to listen to you here, then I'm preaching to the choir. They already know how great you are. So support mm-hmm. this lady and her and all of her adventures in Hollywood. And maybe one day, maybe one day, she can help us white men out that so we can finally have our time in the sun. Right. Yes. Because, yeah, we need more more in the industry because <laughs> like, 70 percent of rotten tomato per critics is not enough <laughs> it's not enough we gotta and get those not. numbers <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're obviously being sarcastic this has been a yeah. hell of a time you are a delight <laughs> uh you'd be somebody i you just are a delightful person if you ever find yourself in akron ohio let me know, and <laughs> we'll have we'll have to get together. So I I I, I was just absolutely delighted by you. Just everything. Uh, this has just been wonderful, and uh, I know that our audience probably has been too. So give her a follow. Give her all that support, and of course, until next time, binge on. They're going to count it down, roughly a half a million people out there in the square. And it's going to be just 30 seconds before the big ball drop hits here in New York. Keep your eye on it. You can check it out. Check the digital clock. We have 11.59.38, and it's going to be shorter and shorter. Happy 2002. Look forward to the best year ever. We've got 15 seconds. 
gather around, get somebody close to you, because in 10 seconds, it'll be the new year. In seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Happy 2002!